Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just make it clap. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Ins and Outs podcast. We're here with Ken Silver, Uncle TC from Homebros, and John Graham, ready for a Q&A. Enjoy. <laughs> Come on, happy Jesse. Come on. No mistakes, nothing. Just She's a pro. Um, so this is super uncomfortable, but we need this right there. Mm, <laughs> okay, like cool. a fist away. Yeah, just to the uh, mouth. Dope. So we have like, say like 20, 25 minutes um, to ask some wonderful questions. Uh, the floor is yours, team. Uh, I will probably repeat some of the questions because the mics won't pick up what you're saying, which I forgot to do yesterday once again. Um, but yeah, go. Yes. So like how to stand out. Ooh, how to change out oh. without compromising yourself. I don't think you necessarily have to compromise yourself, but you also need to understand like you're competing for a share of people's attention, you know? So like I'm, I'm a natural introvert. So being in um, like a performing career is not something I ever foresaw. I just fell in love with dance and then followed that. But I also realized that some things needed to be adjusted. So, you know, if you're, dancing you need to dance big to get noticed sometimes I mean quality counts so you know dancing big just for the sake of it's not necessarily a good thing but like I, I feel like we can't there are always going to be some compromises we have to make in some way and especially when we're thinking about a career if you want to think very strategically professionally then you know one thing I do like about the fact especially now I'm retired from performing I would be similar in some ways I think characteristically to what you just said but I, and I never felt like I had to necessarily change who I was. But the other thing is, I think we could, we're also like more, multi, like as individuals, there are many sides to us and you might discover other sides to you or other people mm -hmm. you meet during your journey might bring new sides out to you, you know, out of you, excuse me. Um, and in terms of just physically taking up space when you're dancing, that's just a bit of practice. Like, you, you know, saying to yourself, okay, I think we all do sometimes we convince ourselves we've less time than we actually have. Um, and trying to take more time to make, um, let's say, if, if your goal is to dance bigger, to really think of the, um, the range of motion you can take up, you know? And, and even if you feel like you're a bit late because you're going to have to build a new habit and building new habits takes breaking old habits, so it's going to be a, you know, a lot of repetition, then you're going to have to consciously say to yourself, okay, well, even if this means I'm late, like on the music, I know I need to build this new habit of dancing bigger and then I will be able to catch up. You know what I mean? It might just, but with any change, there's going to be a period of discomfort. So you may just need to be able to, or willing to go through a period of discomfort to then find a better result. And in terms of character, I don't think you necessarily have to change your character, but like I said, as you'll get older and your character will change naturally because that's what happens to us. Um, and as you meet people who may bring other sides out to your character, that may just take care of itself. You know, but just from the physical side, that, that would be kind of, Conscious practice in a certain manner will would be the best thing I could say. Hmm. Oh me? <laughs> if you've got anything, I'm not saying you have to. But okay. If you've got um, I would just say um, it's hard when obviously people have different different um, like qualities, personalities, stuff like that. I feel if you're quite introvert or you're naturally shy, that's fine. You've got to find ways to now still be able to hold space in that element. So again, example, if I'm teaching class and someone's very, very big and loud over here, but someone's very, very quiet, but the movement is very 
very, very eternal. I'm still going to be tied to that person to watch them cry because it's true. So don't be afraid to be small but be powerful. Yeah, so silent movement or small movement can be very, very powerful as opposed to just being big all the time. But it's, a, it's about how much you believe in what you're doing. So again, if I started a freestyle and I barely moved, but my face is captivating the whole audience, you're going to watch me. Besides someone over there doing a backflip. Does that make sense? So don't worry about having to match up in terms of energy-wise. It's, 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 the, it's the intention and the performance of, of your face and how intentional you are with your movement that is going to capture someone in the room, even if it's one person. Cool? Yeah. Hopefully that helps. I try and, like, for an exercise to, like, my goal is I want to command space when I dance. So I'm like, if we're traveling, I always want to make sure that I know I can travel the furthest I can possibly travel if I need to, or I can jump the highest or get the lowest. So I always think of going to the end of every like extension that I have. Or like, I remember Devin Jameson saying like, imagine you're dancing and it creates a bubble around you. And every time you move, you push your bubble a bit bigger. And by the end of my, my me dancing something, I should have this huge space that I've used. And that's what I try and do to like stand out to make dance big. Granted, that can't always be the case because if you're in a class and there's no space, you can't live like that. But when you get a moment to, that's where I'm like, okay, watch, I'm five foot eight. So it's quite hard for me to stand out because normally I'm around people who are a lot taller in the dance world. Like Belle said yesterday, we have to dance really big and like utilize it. So that's kind of like one of my little superpowers that if I'm next to someone who's huge, I know you're still going to see me because I will command the space with my body and performance, even though physiologically they can take up more space. Do you know what I mean? But just practice going everything to his full extension and then you'll know when it's wrong because it'll feel wrong. But then you'll get to find the balance of in between. I think. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Go. So new to hip hop, what styles do you think you should focus on first? I feel like this is a YouTube question. Um. I think it depends what music you like most. Like, as in what, for me, like hip hop was the music I listened to growing up. And then when I discovered there was a dance that went with it, that made me love the dance even more. Like it wasn't the dance I discovered first and then I liked the music, I liked the music first. So I would go like, I would listen to the types of music that go with the dances that you might be interested in learning in learning and then just kind of say okay which music speaks to me most right now you know mm-hmm. what i mean and that might change you know it's like when i before i moved to london i wasn't all that interested in like music from the 70s and then the styles that kind of came from like you know the funk styles but then coming to london and we have people like jimmy you know who <coughs> really taught it so beautifully and, and kind of um transmitted their love for it that made me really into it and now i love listening to music of that era you know um so for me it would be music that would drive but that would just be me you know um professionally you would maybe if you wanted because i do think the hard thing with all these q a's for me is that we can ask questions and there's two ways we can look at it you can look at it from a business and professional side of dance or you can look at it from the personal and kind of exploratory side of dance right Mm -hmm. and i feel like we all love that side of dance because that's the expressive side but being a good pro is a different matter you know what i mean because you're what you guys like no one gives a you know what I mean? Because they're going to pay. If you're looking to be paid, you need to kind of fit into their brief. So I think that's always something you should bear in mind when, with, with questions that you're asking that like you can exist in the dance world in both ways. And I think there are more and more avenues for you to kind of um, stay in that uh, kind of expressive lane. But you also have to understand if you do want to be a professional working dancer, especially if you want to dance in the industry, that you're going to have to kind of 
part of you is going to have to fit in those briefs. You're not going to fit every brief, of course, but you're going to have to fit in some of those. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so it could be like if you're talking that you want to kind of discover the hip hop and the, the street based styles. Um, it's also thinking, okay, well, what do I think is going to be the most useful for me work-wise? If, if you're looking at it from a professional sense, if you're just looking at it from a personal development and exploring the, the kind of music and cultures, then, yeah, I would always go with the, the music that speaks to you most first would be my advice. Mm. Um, I would say, what do you like? Simple and plain. Because um, I started in school. My first start at Island was Breaking, and Breaking is still my first love. And then from breaking, we learned um, popping and then locking and then slowly hip-hop choreography. But that's just the route we were given because we were in a dance club and then joined Boy Blue like a year afterwards. So I was in a framework of how the structure of the company was. But in terms of if I see something on YouTube or a video and I'm drawn to breaking, I love that. I want to learn that one first. Does it make sense? Like, don't be so caught up in trying to learn everything at once because it's hard to do that. But if you love, say you love breaking, popping and locking, you like all three of them. Cool, just to, just dictate your time to each one at different time frames. Where you're okay, a month just locking, mm. a month okay now popping, a month breaking, and slowly you're gonna grow in all of them slowly. But like like you said, if you're talking from a, a, a professional point of view where you want to go into industry and you're like okay cool, a lot of jobs require tricks, for example, then you know breaking at that moment in time will probably the, to be the best one to go to, so you can adhere to all the tricks and then be in those those audition and castings where you have all that ammo to give. Whereas if it was like, we need people that can do shapes and isolation, you're going to go to popping because that's where that comes from. And you're going to be excelling in that style to go to these places like, yeah, boom, I have these. Make sense? So you can do a bit of both, but don't, like, always go to what you actually like and love. Like I said, the music drove him first. So if you like, if you like break beats, then cool. If you like funk beats, then you're going to hit the popping. If you like an old school 70 disco sound, you're going to hit locking. So always, like, enjoy the music as well, like, because that's what drive you to whatever style kind of first, and then you're going to just keep going from there yeah I think they both hit the nail on the head with um with your what you love and just to be a better dancer gravitate to whatever feels good right but know that exploring everything is never a bad thing because mm. you might not know you like it and you might not like it the first three times but you might do it the tenth time and be like oh, I'm starting to get better now I like it mm. like I always found that with like popping I never really liked popping I like watching it but I never wanted to do it <laughs> but it's because I was so bad I was actually horrendous and then the more I did it I was like oh I'm beginning to feel improvements. It's starting to feel good. I started enjoying it more. So sometimes I feel like you need to do something more than yeah. just a few times before you go, actually, I do like this. Because you start to see, you know, our ego kicks in and we start to see growth. From a business point of view, look at the kind of people or artists that you want to work for. Like, so whether that be whatever artist, whatever choreographer, what styles of dance or what style of music do they have? Then the movement will carry across. So if you're like, I want to dance with Chris Brown one day, well, I would recommend you learn how to do house. If you look at the female dancers, you always has girls who do pop in sections. Mm. Like from a business point of view, you can strategically set yourself up for success. I figured that out later down the line because at first I was like, I just want to be on stage. I need to learn how to do combos really quick. And then the more I realized when I was going to auditions or I was going to uh, choreographers classes that I wanted to work to more in the States than here, but I still think here it's valid. Like I would see influences of genres of movement within what they do. Mm -hmm. Or when, like, so if I want to dance for Usher, I'll be like, oh, okay, I want to dance for Usher. Sometimes he has Super Dave going and assist. Mm. Sometimes they have all these people. What styles do they specialize in? Because if they're bringing them in, that means that's an influence to theirs. So I need to adopt and adapt to that style or those skills to get them help me to get in those rooms. Thanks. Does that make sense? 
Good Thanks. question. Lovely. Go. So you've been told to have realistic thoughts that like there's a possibility that you might not get the job, but... Uh, hmm. Well, uh, okay. The <laughs> you go, because you'll be better. I'm well, going to no, go I mean, ham. I, I don't, so, okay. Realistically, with every audition you ever go to, the chances are you're not going to get it. As in, literally, if we're just talking the chances, you know what I mean? I'm not saying you, you, you're not going to get it, but like as in... You're it's a numbers of, game. Yeah, you're one of two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one thousand people going, right? So if we're going to do percentages, if you're one of one thousand and they need four people, <laughs> right? You're you have a one in a two hundred and fifty chance, which is zero point zero four percent. Come on, maths. Right? <laughs> He's got a degree. He's got a degree. No, sorry, zero point four percent. But you know what I mean? Like that's that's very low percentage, right? So actually, what you've been told is correct, but that shouldn't make you any less confident than anyone else is there because they have the same chance as you. You understand? Like, does you know? It, it, it is. It's part of what we're all choosing to do. So it's actually, in a way, it's healthy to be realistic about it. You know what I mean? Because it is. It's part of what the choice is. That there are far more people applying then there are jobs available, right? But that doesn't mean you haven't got something to offer for that job, because you all do. You just have to refine your skills, present them as best you can, and then you're not gonna be right for everything, but you'll be right for some things, you know? Um, like, everyone has their own method of staying positive or kind of maintaining a healthy kind of uh, mental state, you know what I mean? And I think more and more now, there's more, um, there's more attention paid to that, and there are more, there's more, uh, you know, information available, there's more support available, so, you know, make use of that, you know, uh, there's someone who used to dance when, when, like, when I first moved to London, Zoe Aston, who's gone, and now she's a, a, a psychotherapist, and she released a whole workbook um, called Your Mental Health Workout, which is about, you know, giving you these strategies to help you stay, especially if you're a performer, stay in a healthy um, state of mind, you know? And she's not the only one. There are plenty of other things, but I'm just using her as an example. Um, and everyone has their own strategies. Some people lean on their friends. Some people lean on their families. Some people just lean on themselves. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, there's no right or wrong. There's no right or Honestly, almost every question you guys are going to ask, there's not, not going to be a right or wrong. Because everyone's journey is different, that's the thing. Like, we might take missteps, but then they teach us a lesson and we correct that step, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I do think part of it is make use of the information that you have out there, because there is going to be a lot of good support, supportive information, but you're going to also figure out what works best for you, you know? And, and having a realistic approach is good in a way, because that, that's a motivating factor. You know, it's like, okay, I know that the competition is tough. That should make me work harder, whatever class I'm in. Or, like, as TC said a minute ago, if you were thinking work-wise, okay, I know people, they're looking for, like, I'm seeing a bunch of girls who, like, break and they're getting jobs now. Okay, let me focus two, three months, mm. try to get the basics in there, try and get a couple of blow-up tricks, and then, you know, maybe that'll be something that, that kind of increases your chances. You know, or it could be gymnastics, or it could be, like, mm. oh, do you know what? Like, say a few years ago when... Um, Twigs was using a lot of Vogers for her mm -hmm. shows, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Get on board, you know what I mean? It's like, if you can't beat them, join them. Then be like, okay, let me get my foundations and then build from there. So, you know, it's also trying to be smart about what you see coming as well. Um, but yeah. 
hopefully that's helpful. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you hit, you hit it on the head. I think um, being realistic and, and knowing how the scene works and how platforms work and fragmentations of how things work is like, you have to know the knowledge of it, but at the same time to kind of remain, um, it's not even humble, it's more like driven. For me, I just have the thing of, again, like I said in the class, why did you start? If I know why I started dance and why I'm still here, that's my drive. Despite the chances or percentages or I didn't get these 10 jobs all last year, but this year could be 10 straight jobs for me. Like I have to keep the drive going because I'm dancing for a reason, which is to achieve the dreams I want. I write goals down, I want to dance for this artist, I want to do this show, I want to travel with the world. All that stuff has to happen for me. And because I have, I have a very... Um, confident mindset because I have, I, have, um, I have a very strong drive, I'm ambitious. So if I've kind of dreamed about it or I thought about it, I'm going for that thing. Despite how long it takes me, I'm going for it. Does that make sense? So if I, if I go to audition or a casting, I'm, I'm training six months in classes in London and I'm not getting anything from it, it's gonna be hard, but at the same time, there's still, there's still time, that time doesn't run out. There's, there's more to go. Especially if you're like, how old are you? Do you know what I'm asking? 21, oh darling, <laughs> you got, you, there's a lot of time for you to keep going in, in, that, in, your, in your journey of dance, in your career, keep going. Because retirement age is technically up to you. Yeah, so don't, don't be like, ah, the first four years of my career, I didn't really get much work. Okay, what happens to the next five years of career? It could be all work that you can't even handle. And that's blessings. So you have to just, it's hard, but it's like, okay, I, but I still want to do this. And you keep going, you keep going, you don't give up. And it will come, it will come tenfold. So you have to just kind of keep driving yourself. Like I said, family, friends, your peers in the room, they also have dreams that are aligned with yours. Go together, go class together, train together, push together. If she got a no and you got a yes, okay, next one. We're going to go together, we're going to train this stuff. Okay, next one, you're going to get it. Like you have to really amp yourself up as you go along with your friends and your team. And sometimes it'll be by you by yourself. Amp yourself at home. And I think one thing I found is I found my happy place in dance, which is when I train, just by myself in my house, headphones in, that's my happy place. So I had a crap day. I went to two auditions and I got two no's. I hate dance. Dance makes me mad. I go home, put my headphones in, and just kind of just go back to where it's simple, where it's just me and the music, and it kind of resets you again. You're like, hey, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Let's get it. Make sense? Yeah. I think being realistic is good mm. and a bad, right? Because at what point then do you get in a line at an audition and see every working dancer in the country in that line and then you maybe you being realistic might go i'm never going to get it against all these yeah if you know they're hiring you've already talked yourself out of the chance of winning like so i think it's a pro and a con because then you've you've cheated your brain already you've told yourself it's not happening whereas i think that little bit of hope or that driving force to be like i could do this is sometimes the spark that you might have that someone else might not mm -hmm. and that will to want it will like push you and I believe like my one of my first auditions I think it was my second one was Sir Janet Jackson John was there we didn't know each other I got <laughs> called into this private call which I should never have been called in on but I just did a tour with like these really popular dancers and they're like you're ready you should go to the Janet Jackson audition I got in there I couldn't pick up two eights and I was around people who are absolutely murdering the combo and I was like oh my god I've just jumped the thousand people queue because someone believed in me and put me in here so I believed in me and I was a, I was the worst in the room but it was the best reality check. It was the, I was like, okay, so realistically, these are the people that are gonna book the job. I need to be as good as them. So that was my first like rude awakening to you think you're good, but you're not that good. You need to train harder. So I made sure that I was always in the classrooms of the people who were in that audition. 
So everyone that was in that audition, my goal was to be able to dance next to them and survive because at that time, I was not even in the same realm as them. Do you know what I mean? So I used that as a driving force to make me better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But I went in there at first believing I'm going to do this because if I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't have even got to get in the room. I wouldn't have even got to see what, what I could do. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a balance of both. Lovely. Taz. So what do we use as like our creative tool, I guess? To create, to choreograph, to teach. Uh -huh. um, for me, it's always music. Like, I, that's, I've spent far longer finding music than I do actually doing choreography, because once I find music, it's like my process is super fast. Like, I don't struggle. But I struggle to find music. <laughs> um, because I've taught for so long. I've taught, like, to many, many, many songs. And some um, of the songs, like, ten times. The same yeah. song, different combos. Because, yeah, because I've got to be honest, a lot of music now is not feeling as good mm. exactly like the quality just doesn't feel the same way um so then it doesn't make me want to move and I, yeah like even but before my dance journey started it was just that i loved music anyway and then the music led to dance blah 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 so then it's the same with my creative process that's just the hardest thing for me finding a song to to that i haven't done before or that i can do in a different way or that will make me kind of think slightly differently or whatever um so yeah that for me it's always the music is is the thing like um i i don't think one like i'm not like narrative wise is not necessarily one of my strengths like i i feel like i just love movement and i love music so i love putting them together um but i do love seeing narrative like there are other people who are genius at that and I, I love to see that you know what i mean but it's not necessary not not even not necessarily it's just not one of my strengths you know so yeah for me it's always music um yeah same music 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 is is i said it in class it's the bread and butter mm. without music there isn't there isn't really a dance tool to it so it's like um, as soon as you hear a certain track it's gonna give your body and brain it's, it, it, it creates that initial spark and if it does lead to conceptual stuff or, you know, narrative stuff, then fair enough. But it can just be pure movement on the track itself or you want to emulate the lyrics or you want to emulate the beat pattern or you want to feel like you're the artist who made the track. Like, you want to, when I hear a song, I always try to embody the artist and the producer at once. So that's why I focus heavily on musicality because I want to be like, I made the track like I'm the artist and also I produce it like the producer. So I can show you the song in and out. That's my, that's when I listen to certain tracks, that's how far I go into it now. It took, me, it took me years to get to that point. Before it was just, oh, I hear the beat, the, you know, the bass, the snare, you know, the violin, the drum, I hear that, but now I'm trying to go in really inside to like, how much can I really, really hear? And then how can I, can I, how can I express it to someone else for them to hear it? And that's what drives me to create like choreography or if it's for my crew or it's for a, a video shoot, it's, it's that, it's how can we really emulate the track to show it to its best, its best form? So like an example, a Timbaland beat has nuances of amazing sounds mm. how do you show that in video form or in stage form or in freestyle form is always the track everything else is, it will come afterwards but yeah music is is key really yeah the same thing music <laughs> like to, yeah. my goal is to try and be the visual representation of the sound so it has to make sense like i want to be able to watch it on mute and then make and then watch it on unmute and go oh yeah that makes complete sense mm. You know, sometimes you watch someone's routine and like, you, there's no volume to it and you're like, 
could be anything. And then it comes on and you're like, wow, not what I thought. Like to me, that means it's a bad job. Mm. Like even if we don't use necessarily like, uh, if it's a popping track, even if it's not popping, it's, but it still needs to make sense with the music. It still needs to visually bring those noises or that feel to life. It should feel like it sounds to me. I challenge myself because obviously I teach 9 million hours a week. Um, and like the hardest thing is finding music. So what I do sometimes is I set myself up for failure and to not really enjoy it. And I find songs that I don't like. So like I recently choreographed to like J-Lo De Niro. I think it's one of the shittest songs of all time. <laughs> I think it's so bad. But I was like, do you know what? Like if I can make something good to this and I can make this work, like that's challenging my creativity. Mm. It's pushing myself to make something which like, if that was a job, if someone come in and was like, here's a brief to choreograph this, whether it's for a show or something, like we don't always like the music, yeah. but we have to somehow bring it to, <laughs> yeah. we yeah, have yeah. to bring it to life. So I find ways to challenge myself to make it fun so I still grow. Cause I don't get to train very often. I don't get to learn very often. So how am I still gonna develop as a teacher? You know, so if I can't be in dance classes, I have to be able to develop in other ways. So I develop myself by pushing myself creatively to use music that doesn't inspire me, that doesn't like, ne like relate to me at all. Like, or like I did a Chris Brown routine. It's not necessarily how I would choose to dance, but I was like, if this was on stage, could he dance and sing it? Challenge myself to do it enough that there's enough dancing that is visually pleasing, but that he'd still have to sing it and not lip sync. Like, so I find different ways to challenge myself to create new material and create things because at the moment it feels like pulling choreography out of my ass every day. <laughs> so I have to come up with narratives or games to challenge myself. I don't know. Angel. So to be a master of one or a jack of all, right? Mm. What would you say is better? I have a, I have a bit of a, it's weird. My journey has been a bit split like that. So initially we started off in school and then going into Boy Blue where we learned all the styles over all the years. So we kind of, not like, yeah, you kind of become a jack of all trades kind of because you had to, I think the era we grew up in UK, it was about, how much styles do you have? How much knowledge you have? Especially when it came to the crew era, UK was all about crews. Cause we had comps and like GWI and 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 um, BC and all these all these shows we had. It was all crews. You, you can't go on stage as a solo act. It's just it's crew. So as a company, who had the best company is basically everyone who could tick all the all the styles and just make a dumb set. But then that slowly changed where the last let's say five, six years, everyone's much more on their own solo journeys of like, I want to be me or me and a, a, a someone's like a duo, we want to be like branding. It's branding, how much, how much your brand shines now to the UK or to the world. And now people are now being specific about the styles they have to be a master of something that you can, you can now a leader of a niche. So funny enough, me and Curtis, when we started our Afro journey, we had no plan. It was just, we love to dance. We're from Ghana, a new style's come out we're gonna tackle it. And then slowly from 2011 or 2010-11 to now, we are now considered the masters of that, of that, that, that um, community in UK. So now we're headed at niche market. So jobs that come to this country that have anything to do with Afro, a lot of time is coming to us or we know about it or we can send dancers to it because we're referred to as like even consultants for that market because we are at the top of the table for that niche. So that's a very, very good thing business-wise 
if you want to handle one certain sector and become the boss of that, you can do that, but it takes a while. And you have to be confident enough in, that, in, in your journey to have other stuff around you that keeps your money kind of flowing in, that you're focused on one thing by itself, that when it comes to the end of it, you're flourishing out. But it's a risky one, especially depending on what style it is. So like, say if you started doing Vogue 10 years ago, where Vogue wasn't really a thing here, but now it is, you would be at the top of that, that pool because you were doing it way back when no one cared. Now everyone cares about it. You've got a lot of smoke now on you to just work left, right and center. Whereas if you're doing a style that is kind of open to most, which is hip hop, everyone does hip hop. Everyone does most of the funk styles in this country for the past 20 years. It's harder to be at all those chains unless you were there from back then. Doing it now, much harder. So if you can master multiple styles as a young dancer, you're, you're kind of better off doing that now for the sake of work and being an asset in a room, whereas you can do freestyle, you're clean, you've got four or five styles to you, and you can do tricks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So it's, it's, it depends on the kind of path you want to take and how confident you are. Like, so like the breakers now, those who have been breaking the past 10 years plus, are smiling because now most of them have been put into Team GB mm-hmm. for breaking the Olympics, the first ever one. So that is something you have to trust yourself. It's, going, it's not, not saying they knew it was coming, but they stuck to the style to the point where now those who are the best in this country are Team GB. Does that make sense? Whereas if you're not a breaker for on your jumping breaking now, it's a bit harder to be in that pool chain because they've been doing it for the past 15 years. Whereas if you're someone who do breaking, popping, locking, hip hop, vogue, whack and crump, oh, <laughs> I need that person to do anything. So it, it depends on where you want to go and how you want to kind of orchestrate your path. But you can do either if, like, if you do. But the master of one is very, very. It's a lone. It's a lonely kind of path, and it takes a lot of grit to get to the point where you're like, I'm cool with this. So you got to say no to a lot of things, and a lot of things won't come your way because it's not about that style. So if you're cool doing that, then go for it. But it takes a lot to stay in that space, and then when you get the rewards of it, it does go tenfold. But it's a lot to get to that point where you're like, now I can rely on my let's say this one aspect of myself, I can rely on it wherever I go. So now where I go anywhere, Uncle TC, homebros, everyone knows who we are now because of that journey. But it wasn't an easy journey for us. Because for a while we were seen as just, ah, them guys do Afro over there, no one cares what that is. But now everyone cares. So now everyone's like, hey guys. Hmm. Makes sense. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very hard route to do that. But yeah, I would say you can do either, but up to your, it's your path really. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's a hard one. <laughs> Yeah, again, I think it's not a right or wrong question. Yeah. It kind of just depends on what you want and where you see yourself or where ideally yeah, you want to be. And then it's taking the steps towards that direction, you know? Um, like versatility and adaptability in dance will always be very employable mm. um, as once it's to a high level. Um, but specialization, right time, right place, is highly employable as well, you know what I mean? So if you can kind of... Uh, find a passion that maybe in three or four years time, find a passion now that like you don't see that many people doing and then maybe three or four years time that becomes popular. Cause every, I mean, you know, it's like fashion, everything is cyclical, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything disappears for a while and comes back. Like that's just the nature of human culture. You know, it's like, you're all dressing like you're from the early 2000s now. It's like, <laughs> yeah. we used to wear all these clothes. So it's like, yeah. you're not doing anything new. You're just wearing like, yeah, you, you know, you're doing the exact same thing we did 20 years ago. Um, and that's just how life works, you know? It's like everything repeats itself because as a species, this is, we kind of get influenced and then we, someone brings 
think they're kind of bringing something back in a new way and then someone will tell you like oh no that was done years ago it's like you know <laughs> when the moonwalk was done on top of the pops for the first time then people were pointing to these tap movies from the 50s that the moonwalk featured in you know what i mean so it's like it, it's just the way culture works and in terms of your choice in terms of training it's yeah it's you it is it's just a very personal choice like you just have to think okay where do i want to be what do i think will help me get there and take the ne take the first step and see what that leads to you know i think when i think of a master of something all the people that i can think of I don't think that it was a necessarily a conscious choice to become a master at it. Mm. I think it was just that they fell in love with something. Because for me to be like, I'm going to be a master of popping, like, I don't love it enough. Mm. Even if it's a conscious decision, I'm not going to enjoy the journey. I'm not going to enjoy the grind. I'm not going to enjoy the hours. Like, so I think people who are masters of something, they're, they're a master of it because they love it. I don't think it was a business move. I think it's just that that's what they fell in love with. And they just kept doing it and doing it until they got really good at it. My other observation of masters of things is that they're a master of that and they're great at that and that's what we know, but they're actually very, they're quite well versed in other things. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're a master at that because they have transferable skills. So if we look at like people from the UK, so if we look at Frankie Thanks. J, yeah. like everyone's like Frankie J would be like our representative of a house dancer, I'd say. Thanks. Right? Frankie J went to contemporary school. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Like. And he can break. And he can break <laughs> and he can do everything. Like, you know, like if you look at Brooke, like what's Brooke a master of? Popping. Locking or popping? Because he can do both, but he can also do choreo. He was also a British gymnast. He also went to Bird and did tap, ballet, contemporary jazz. Yeah, if we look at Dixon, Dixon's a master of popping or contemporary. Well, cool, that's not by coincidence. It's because he's trained in all of the skills. Like when I think of a master, I think they're a master at that one thing because that's what they invested the majority of their time into or that's what their love was. Yeah. But I think they're a master because they have the ability to pull from other skill sets and other tools. I think that was perfect. That's what, when I look at masters. I, <laughs> I never see that they can do one thing. Yeah. There's always an influence of something else which separates them from the people who can do the same foundation as them. Yeah, but that's the mindset that made them a what master. Like if, you, like if you've got mindset. a high standard in something, you're not going to let yourself be low standard in anything else. Facts. You know what I mean? Like that's generally, it's like when, you know, TC was saying, you can't, like none of, none of your teachers can ever teach you guys to be hungry. You know what I mean? Like, no one can ever teach you to want to improve. You have to have that yourself. We can show you how, but like, you, honestly, like for me, the biggest thing that I notice is like, a, um, like you see someone's drive immediately. And like drive is something that everyone responds to because you're like, okay, this person is, they want to get better. They want to be good. Like you can Im immediately, mm. every teacher, you'll see this the one, two, five, however many students there are in your class with drive, mm -hmm. as opposed to everyone else who's just there. And you'll find that they're the ones that people gravitate towards because as a teacher, someone who's driven is like, it's infectious. Cause you're like, mm -hmm. oh, they, they got the bug. Mm -hmm. they, have, they have the bug to be better. I had that. Yeah, well, you none know, of us got a, here a, without that. It's, 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 like, it's a reflection of us. Yeah. That's why you gravitate like, to it. Of course, it's like, it's the same way your peers are a reflection of you. Like, you're never going to, uh, like, you'll always gravitate towards the people with a similar level of passion or hunger or desire towards whatever it is you care about, if that's the thing that links you. You know what I mean? So, the same, when you're t if your teacher really cares about what they're teaching, and chances are they will, most of them, um, they're gonna see that in you straight away. And then that's, you know what I mean? You don't have to do anything other than be a hungry, inquisitive 
driven student. You don't have to be anything fake or whatever. You just have to be there and want to be there and show that you want to be there and work hard. And your teacher will automatically want to respond to that. You know? And you'd be surprised like how much you... Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe, let's say, say, a class of 50 people, you might be surprised how many people give off that kind of energy. Yeah. You know? How little mm. amount of people give off that type of energy. You know? It's how, it's, like I said at the beginning of class, it's how true it is. If it's true and it's authentic, we can see it. Mm. Simple as that. If it's, there's, there's, someone's been teaching for like a couple of years or a long amount of years, when we go to any room, any space in the world, really, you can see when someone is there for a particular reason and they want that smoke from you, you can see it. You can feel it from like the first 10, 20 minutes. You're like, yeah, okay, cool. That person in the corner, we got to talk after class. It's that real. And I've done it many times where we have um, Home Bros is me and Curtis. Home Fam is our crew in UK. We have, we have a, a, a collective called Home Nation, which is our collective crew we've kind of built internationally with students we've taught internationally that have this, that, that hunger and that drive to want to learn from me and Curtis and learn our philosophy of Afro and how we approach it. We've seen all these classes full of many, many people and there's like two or three or four that have this extra spot where like, I need to talk to that person and they join Home Nation and it's, we have a few different countries now all around the world where they train throughout their, you know, their year and they, they send us videos and tag us and blah, blah, blah. But this, it's that initial spot we saw from that one class we had with them that we knew it was them. It's hard. You can't, you can't really describe it. It's, 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 an, you know it's, you it's it. an innate thing. Yeah. It's hard to describe, but yeah. So, one last question. Sorry, Chen Chen's hand was flying up. <laughs> So advice to sit into the hip-hop character and feel if it's not what you've grown up with or it doesn't necessarily relate to you? Can I go? Go on, yeah. um, I would say, if, like anything, you have to dive into the culture of it. Simple that's as that. So if, you, if, you, if, if any star in the world you, you want to learn that's not innate to you or let's say personal to you or you didn't grow up around it, you have to dive in. So hip-hop, where it started from, you have to go from there. It's not about the dance. I'm talking about the culture, what hip-hop actually is. So down to the music, the food, the clothes, the clubs, how the clubs are generated, how the stars are generated. Like, all that stuff is where the culture is. So someone's walk, you can see that's a, there's a hip-hop energy from how they walk. How someone bounces when they hit a first bounce when they dance, it's that. Before the craziness comes out, it's the initial bounce. That dirty group is that. And then down to how you, if you want to dress a certain way, you can see someone that's come from the 80s hip-hop, and let's see 2000 hip hop. You can see the difference. It's clear. But either way, it's still part of the culture's journey because the culture's hit 50 years this year. Mm. So you, whether you came in in year 34 or you were there in year two, it's hip hop. So you, but you really got to dive into how, what it means to be a hip hop connoisseur. Like, how's it, how do you love hip hop like that? Like Kane said, do you love it? Because if, if I want to learn, if I want to learn salsa now, I have to fall in love with salsa. I can't go and just learn it as an as a, as a imitation just to like, add, it, add it to my repertoire. That's not how it works. You have to go live it. Yeah, because it comes from a culture. Mm-hmm. So the, the guys who started salsa, where it comes from, I have to go to that place and dive into what it means to be a salsa dancer. Simple as that. If you can't understand, like, say, Crump. Crump's a great example. When Crump came to this country, 
people were just jumping onto it, like, oh, yeah, 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 throwing hands and stomping on the ground. Missed the whole point. Where it came from in the US is from spirituality and oppression. They're fighting against police brutality. They're going into churches to dance, into clowning that turned into crown. There's a whole history of that. If you understand what it means to stamp, to stomp and hit a chest pop and hit a jab, what it means to put energy through the body to come out to that stuff, you can't just jump in and, and do the movement. You're gonna miss it. So that's why when you learn crump here, if you can't go to it, if you ain't been to a session, then you don't know crump. Let's go to a, a crump session, an actual cipher session and see what real crump looks like, not a class or a stage. Go to a session. Same if you're on a house, go to a cipher. Class is one thing, you have to go, you have to, go to this, where the cipher is. Because you see house dance, when they cipher, it's a different thing. If you want to break in, go to battles. Because breaking battles when it first started were dangerous. They weren't all fun and games. It, 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 it got really, really hot in the streets where crews are coming to fight for the sake of that, that um, bragging rights. If you understand what that means and you want to be a breaker, you're, you, you're going to miss the whole point where you see someone being aggressive and doing tops and like, why are you so angry? There's a reason for that. It goes back. So you have to really dive into the love of that culture like from the root of it, really. That's what, that's what I would say, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's 50 years worth now. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> in a great way, there's, there's so much to study, you know, mm -hmm. and there are so many resources, in, in, especially in its, the 50th anniversary, that are being highlighted. So yeah. just keep an eye out. There are tons of things in London. You're in London Channel, aren't you, most of the time? Yeah, so, like, you know, there are tons of things that happen there. So, so expose yourself to it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and then take it in, because, again, it's not like... I grew up with the music, but the culture wasn't like a big part mm. where I lived. You know what I mean? And then it's when you go to different places like New York, LA, mm -hmm. London, and you discover what's happening in, in those places, you know? And you just, um, having an understanding uh, and letting yourself kind of uh, be immersed in it as much as you can or as much as, you know, um, that that's what's going to make you feel more comfortable than when it's being called upon. I mean, and hip hop is the dominant cultural force in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. It's been for like... Drives everything. Like, yeah, yeah since, since the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the dominant cultural force and it doesn't look like it's disappearing, you know? Like, um, so, I mean, and I would say this for everyone, like if, if the, like, in, even musical theater is changing. You know what I mean? Like the hip hop yeah. influence in musical theaters, yeah. and we're not just talking about hip hop theater. Like H Hamilton, you could argue whether it's not hip hop theater, or you could argue maybe it is. You know, influence on it is exactly, strong. Yeah. yeah. And then you know you have like Sylvia, you know, that just did the the um, great performance of Olivia's the other day. So mm. you you know, there's so much that's influenced by it, but it's very obvious when you see people who can and can't do it. You know, like it's very, very, very obvious, you know, and, and like that first bounce, like, you know, you go into a class and if you're someone who kind of knows what to look for, literally that first bounce you see someone do, you know, if they have it or they don't, True. like straight away, you <laughs> don't need to see any more, you know, so like you might be great at learning 400 eight counts in, in three hours or whatever, but if, if they're wanting to see you actually have hip hop and you lack even the most basic, it's essentially the breadth of the movement. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of redundant at that point. Everything else you can do doesn't matter because you can't do that, the, literally the most basic thing in it well. And again, I think that's something that's neglected here when we learn styles, because yeah. we learn steps well, but then we don't actually learn the, the essence so well. Mm. You know, and so, like I know even for me, like, like for me, I had to work backwards because when I first started learning, I had a wonderful teacher 
in that she was like, she made us all love to dance, but it was class was called hip hop, but looking back, it wasn't hip hop. <laughs> you know what I mean? We danced to hip hop, but it wasn't hip hop dance. But everyone that went to the class, we all loved dance. So she did make a, you know, she had a one really good impression on all of us. But, you know, I had to work backwards then and continue to work backwards. Because even when I worked in the industry for years, like, that's not hip hop. Mm. <laughs> it was really not hip hop. You know what Jazz I mean? Jazz funk. Yeah, it's not even that, like, there's no funk. No. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but, like, the, you know, it's hip hop influenced or funk influenced in parts, of, yeah, course, of course. But, like, if you're going to be realistic about it, 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 it's not. It's like when you see, you know, like Kane was saying, watching something on mute and then playing the music and then seeing, okay, it should match perfectly. Like, it's like when you, someone will teach to an actual hip hop song and then you'll see the move look like some Britney Spears stuff and you're like, okay, that's, that makes you know. sense. Sometimes <laughs> contrast is nice, don't get me wrong, but sometimes contrast is <laughs> jarring and weird. <laughs> but yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, the shorter answer to your question, yeah, is, uh, you know, exposing yourself to it and immersing yourself as, as much as you're welcome in it in that way. Mm-hmm. Dope. Thank you so much, guys. Give a big love to TC and John. <laughs> love, guys. <laughs>